hello! Come on in, kick your shoes off, and get nice and comfy. We have blankets, we have cute little dogs and chickens for you to cuddle with here on the Cane Compound. Welcome to Sparkle and Destroy, episode 17. I am your host, Haley Crusher Kane, and today I am over the moon to say I am talking to one of the most sparkly, strong, and inspiring punk rock ladies out there doing it today. Of course, I am talking about the unstoppable Alice Bag. Okay, there's going to be a little bit of fangirling happening. It's just the way it's going to be. Alice Bag needs no introduction, but I'm still going to give her one because she deserves it. She is a queen. She is more than the riotous vocalist you know from the seminal LA punk band, The Bags. Yes, she is known for igniting a fierce femme fire within the late 70s LA slash Hollywood punk scene, way, way before the bro hardcore took hold in the suburbs. But that was just the seed of what she was growing. Now she's nearing 60 with brazen blue hair and a bold new album. She's still punk, she's still pissed, and she's still punching back. Plus, she's giving back to her community every day. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. The East LA-born artist, teacher, mother, author, and Chicana troublemaker has continued to create powerful, defiant music that pushes the boundaries of the status quo. Some might say she sparkles hard and destroys harder. Her band credits are long and varied. Cholita, Castration Squad, Stay at Home Bomb, the list goes on and on. Her outspoken new album, Blueprint, which came out in March 2018, is her second solo album to date and marks some 40 years since the Bags released their first infamous single. I caught up with Alice ahead of her anticipated summer 2018 tour, which is happening right now. It runs through August 30th with stops in Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, BC, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Washington, DC, Costa Mesa, and Los Angeles. Please go to Alice Bag on Facebook for her updated tour dates, and you have to see her live. We talk about getting older and staying brash, why she still relates to kids more than grown-ups, her and my new favorite band out of Fresno, California, Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries, whom she produced their recent album, and why giving back is the best way you can give back to yourself. Now, I think I've rambled long enough. Let's talk to Alice Bag. And I like to doodle while I talk. So I get lost in my thoughts. I love so, that. Um, you're like a okay. you're like the student in the back of the class that's like drawing on the desk. Exactly. That that's me. That was me my whole time in school. And I think teachers always thought that I was like not paying attention, but actually I was paying attention. It's just that yeah, part it, of it was doodling. Yeah, I have a similar, um, my mind works a similar way. I'm, I wish I had more teachers that were more compassionate to that type of uh, brain activity. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I mean, it's called kinesthetic learning, right? It's right. Like your, your brain is working just fine. You just need to be like doing something at the same yeah. time. So speaking of young minds, I'm really excited because... You're, you talked about this um, girls' rock camp that you volunteer at, and I'm going to volunteer um, at my first girls' rock camp in Ojai this summer, and 
I've always been really intrigued by this concept, and you talked a little bit about it earlier, about how it's not just about music, it's also about creating community, and I'm really curious, like, what is that experience like for you, and how do you, how do you, how do you teach these young people how to create community and how to empower themselves? Well, first of all, we act as a community. I don't make, you know, I don't make the decisions. There's a group of women who organize all of this. I'm just a volunteer. Yeah. But there's a group of women, and they call themselves the comadres. And comadres, are, you know, it's an interesting term, too. In Spanish, it's like co-mother. Ooh. And, um, and typically, it's like, there's this whole idea of like raising children as a community and it's mentoring children as a community, mentoring girls. Yeah. So I really like the idea that there's, you know, that it's not one person making the decisions. Um, there is an overarching, uh, girls rock camp, uh, ideology, I guess that, that is, um, nationwide where like, People meet and they discuss how to run the, the rock camps, but then you take it into your own community and you implement it in a way that works for you. So anyway, these women get together, they plan like what sorts of um, workshops they're going to have. We've had workshops about like uh, body positivity, about uh, songwriting, of course, but also about like what's going on in your community and our community right now is facing a lot of gentrification. So they've had workshops about that, uh, right. workshops about nutrition, workshops about, uh, just government. So it's really interesting to, um, you know, have girls that are writing songs about like we've had women write songs, not only about like body issues, but about, um, uh, the, uh, the environment, uh, about pollution, about just every, every concern that you can imagine that you have as a teenager and you feel like, you know, I'm just a kid. I can't change it. All of a sudden, these young girls, and they're as young as seven years old, wow. and they feel like they have a voice and they can demand to be heard. And what we do is we take these girls and, um, we put them in groups. They form bands on day one, and they get together with a group of girls. Hopefully, they've never met them before, and they learn how to work together. They discuss their concerns, and they start working on lyrics right away. Um, this year, we had Frank, uh, P.H. Frank, um, the lesbian folk singer, come in and do a songwriting workshop, and... The girls get together, they write their songs, uh, they, or they start thinking about lyrics anyway, because, you know, the song takes all week to really turn into a song. Oh, I love discussing. that. Yeah. Yeah, it takes, well, and by a week, I mean five days. Okay. Five <laughs> days to write the song. And um, on the sixth day, there's usually a concert where all the parents and the community is invited. And... By that last day, the girls are up on stage and they're demanding to be heard and they are so strong. It's such a beautiful thing to watch where they like feel completely empowered and you're just, 
you're there as a support system, but you also, you feel so empowered by like passing the baton onto these other women and feeling the connection. When you pass the baton, you don't just pass it, right? There's a moment where you're both holding on to it and you feel the electricity and you feel the excitement and you feel the transference of power both ways. Because there's a lot of power in, there's a lot of power in sharing your knowledge and feeling that it's being accepted, feeling that it's being synthesized through that person's personal yes. experience and turning into something else and getting bigger. And you're also, you know, I, it, it feels like you're growing, like you're extending your reach by, by, um, by helping young women. That's amazing because that just like segues so perfectly into my other question um, pertaining this, which is when you look at the disparity in age between like you or your great grandmother or mother or even or older aunts um, and you. When I look at people older than me or younger than me, it's amazing how different their their point of view and perspective is. And I wonder if there's experiences you've had where a younger person has really enlightened you in a way that surprised you and vice versa. Like what, what can the older generation of feminists kind of give to the younger and what is the younger kind of like bringing back, you know, cause I know you work so much in this field and I get to experience it every now and then when I'm talking to a young person and they're turned on and engaged to talk about this sort of thing. But I wonder if you've had some interesting experiences the kind of spanning generations. I think what I learned mostly from young people, and I don't, I don't have. Um, my my parents are have passed away, and my I never met my grandparents, so I don't have that kind of rich, like older um, family member relationship. However, I do have um, friendships with older women, and I feel so incredibly lucky to have them. Um, I have a friendship, a very deep friendship that's blossomed between me and June Millington, mm -hmm. who is um, a member of the group Fanny. So I feel like so connected with her experience. She was, uh, she was involved in the very first all-female band to be signed to a major label. So she's been making music her entire life. She was born in Philippines, and she came here um, in her teen years and started, like, just with a guitar and her sister playing acoustic music, and then they started rocking up the coast and started touring. Um, so I feel like her experiences really speak to me. Um, she endured a lot of racism and sexism, but she found a way to just rise above it through her music and through her like mastery of her instrument. So I think she shares that um, what I've learned from her is that strength, that strength of getting older only continues to grow. I mean, it, it doesn't dissipate. Like I feel like sometimes people are afraid to grow old and they feel like, they're going to be weaker and they're, you know, it's true. Our bodies, you know, do, there's certain parts of us that do become weaker. You know, my knees are not what they used to be, but my self-confidence is much stronger. My voice is stronger. My mind is clearer and I have all this experience to draw on. And I, I see that in June. 
um, who is about 10 years older than me. So the fact that she is, she just recorded an album with her group called Fanny um, Walk the Earth. Mm-hmm. So she continues to be an inspiration for me. She's like nearing, I'm not sure if she's 70 or she's close to 70. But um, Wow, what a badass. <laughs> she is a total badass. She, and her, the whole band is really uh, um, they're a bunch of badasses. But you know, still rocky. what's interesting is like when I saw The Damned, uh, I guess on Sunday, yeah, like D- David Vanian must be getting up there. I mean, he must be in his late 60s. Nobody talks about men this way. Like, oh, yeah. you're still doing it. Oh, and it's kind of funny. It's like I even I'm kind of getting into that like, Oh, you know, tell you know, you're so wise, Alice. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you would never say that to a guy, but you really what you're doing, and it's funny. I always say this, and it sounds so cliche, but I think just being your authentic self, no matter who you are, whatever age you are, whatever position you're in, is the greatest act of defiance because people, well, the younger people are watching you, and they are gaining so much from seeing your creativity. And uh, watching you do what you do is an inspiration to people like me. So, um, yeah, I think that it's okay to talk about this because it's like, it's good. I just don't want you to think I'm kind of, you know, making it about you being an older woman. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah. And I don't, and I, and even if you were, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I totally own my age. I'm happy to be an older woman. I love it. And I and I also I, I learned from everybody. Truthfully, you asked me about kids. Yes, kids, yes. Kids. I mean, they're just so honest. I love being around kids. They teach me to look at the world with wonder. To look at things that I overlook every day and really appreciate them. Just to see things with the eyes of a young kid that has never experienced, you know, like where does the soap bubble come from and where does it go? You know, the most <laughs> basic things. Like uh, they are, I remember picking up an old paintbrush and uh, it was a sunny day and I was in the kindergarten yard and I remember like just taking the wet paintbrush, just, it's just water, right? And drawing on the ground. And then it would evaporate and disappear. And the kids were so fascinated by that. that we, you know, we painted the whole sidewalk and then it disappeared. And then we talked about the water cycle and evaporation. And it was just, so I think um, just being able to pick up on the, I mean, I feel like I do this so much better with children than I do with adults. Um, but to pick up what they're thinking, to see through their eyes and to be able to elaborate on that is such an exciting thing for me because I don't connect with adults in that way. You know, I often find it hard to, like, find in social situations. I feel like I'm kind of introverted, and I always I, I find it hard to just jump into a conversation um, because I'm so scatterbrained, I guess. <laughs> I, can be, I can be really scatterbrained. But with kids, it's okay because they're willing to go wherever they want and I can go along with them. On the, we, we go on a journey together. So I love that about kids. Yeah. And I feel like working with kids really um, keeps me feeling young. I think as long as you have that openness to like discovering new things and seeing things in new ways, you are young. I, I have to imagine touring like you do and I do it too. It's like... You either get young, you either feel young and free and excited and with you have faith, or <laughs> the alternative is you just become bitter and 
older on the road because you can that can happen too and you I love what you said about like you know it's just about having faith that people are going to show up shit's going to go okay and we're all going to have a good time and isn't that life <laughs> yes and so, the beauty the yeah. beauty of it is if you jumped in I, I mean my experience has been that it always works out but, and I and I feel I feel in it. I feel excited every moment that I'm on tour. But then I get home like right after tour, and I'm like, oh my neck hurts. Oh, I'm so tired. I want to sleep for a week. But often it's just like get up and go again. <laughs> yep. So can you tell me about the song "Reign of Fear"? How did you approach that song? I know it's about um, the Trump administration, and the album is very socially conscious, but also very politically charged. Like, can you just tell me about a little bit about writing that song and how it came together? Yeah, I write most of my songs on my iPad, um, and I just, like, start... I, I, I have a GarageBand app, so I kind of do all the instrumentation in a very rudimentary way. But um, I had all these, like, really angry feelings after the election, and I felt kind of defeated, and... Um, you know, I watched a lot of news and everybody was sort of in mourning almost. It felt like, you know, like the nation, like, or at least, you know, a good part, a good portion of the nation was feeling very down. So I had to find a way to vent. And that was, that was the, the reason I wrote that song. I felt like, no, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm going to resist. I want other people to know that I'm resisting. I want us all to find each other, whether it's in a, you know, like I, I remember walking my dog and I saw my neighbors and they were there and they were talking about the election and they were saying, no, we are going to resist. We're going to put up a fight. We're going to, we've got to write letters. We've got to, you know, so resisting at every, at every part of your life. Right. And, um, and that's what motivated the, the lyrics. I started writing the lyrics and, uh, and the basic song, and then I played it for my guitarist, and he was excited about it. And he's like, yeah, let me, you know, let me add these really, I mean, he added some really cool guitar parts to it, and it gave it a spooky feeling. And, um, and that's, that's it. That's how that song came about. It was just directly a response to feeling just overwhelmed by anger and sadness. Right. And, and um, wanting to have a feeling of, like, no, we are going to work together to overcome this. Yeah. It's amazing how even something as small as writing a song or starting a podcast or doing a zine or, or whatever it is, even if it doesn't feel like it's a huge heap of change, it can be so personally helpful. And it does help those around you. Um, I'm glad that that energy found its way out into like yeah. the broader world and speaking of energy this might be a question you get a lot and I hate to be that person but I love the punk rock history and I love the to see the old videos of like germs shows and like just crazy the energy that was there at the time in LA in the late 70s and early 80s that I can only imagine um and the the how activated people felt and how like uh, creative everyone was at the same time. I wonder, like, when you look at, uh, like, say you're playing Reign of Fear to an audience in 2018 versus, you know, being on stage in the late 70s and 80s, like, 
what's the difference and like energy wise connection wise are people the same no matter what and people just romanticize the old times or do you think that like technology has made us a little bit less like inclined to really get in each other's business and get up on front you know and interact with the um the band I just wonder like tell me (laughs) yeah you know what it it is different I was telling my husband that it's never gonna be the same because punk was new you know and it's like it's the feeling you get the first time you go on an airplane is not the same as the feeling you get the 10th time you go on an airplane or, or even, you know, the first time that somebody saw an airplane, (laughs) you know, get off the ground. It was like, Oh my God, that person is flying. That was what it was like to see the germs or see the weirdos for the first time. It's like seeing something you had never seen before. And it was tremendously exciting in a way that only happens when you when it's when it's new. <laughs> so even though I think people are doing things that are tremendously creative and punk, it's not the same energy. It's great energy, and I don't want to put it down. No, in no, yeah. Because I feel like people are constantly innovating, and there are other elements that are new. But um, that's but a great point. Saying, that's a really good point, and it's funny I didn't even think of that. But it's really genre specific. It's like well. This this genre is has been around for a while, so it's not really gonna have that like fresh, you know, zing to it. Um, but but within that field, I mean, we're all doing such different things, and it's all kind of spread out. But it's like you know, you guys like had your you guys like created a country, you know, like. Well, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we're all we all live in it, and it's like such a crazy mind trip to think about that. Um, but I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, you couldn't go on tour and do what you do without feeling a lot of energy and excitement about what's happening now, the, the people that are coming up now, the bands you work with. I know that you, you're supporting some younger um, bands in L.A. that are, are really cool. Um, so yeah, you're in it. Yeah, bands probably would not have been around. And, I mean, I would love to imagine that they would have, that there would have been bands like you know, fatty cakes and the puff pastries yeah. or the groans or French vanilla, you know, but, um, but they're not, they, they you know, they could only they exist now. Evolved. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's wonderful that it has evolved, but there is a different energy. And right now the energy that I tend to get is this sort of, you know, it matches what's happening in our country, which is the sense of like, resistance and rebellion mm-hmm. and anger is a you know there's definitely a political element to um to my audiences i feel like they're 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 there because they want to hear what i have to say not because they just want to rock to the music um although that's fine and i you know i don't want to judge anybody who's going you know to a punk show because they want to get drunk and go <laughs> and then get laid totally yes that's fine too and I think a good portion of my audience wants to go and hear what's in the songs. What's yeah. like And dance to it. Absolutely dance and engage. Yes. And like shout and sing. And, you know, it should not be a, a sit down and watch the performance type of event. I don't think punk was ever meant to be that type of thing where you sit down and, you know, like listen to the music. It's yeah. supposed to be interactive. It's supposed to be supposed to blur 
the line between performer and 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 audience it's you know it's like we are create, creating punk together yes you're blurring that line yeah like democracy yeah. right it's supposed to be the exactly. same way maybe that is why there's this new kind of surge in the music world Sparkle and Destroy podcast is sponsored by Dr. Kane's Comics and Games in downtown San Luis Obispo, California at 778 Marsh Street. Go to the show notes right now and see all of Alice Bagg's tour dates. She is on tour now through August 30th. You can also check out her dates at alicebagg.com or go to her Facebook page and see them there. Also, you're going to want to check out the girls rock camps that we mentioned. Again, there's links in the show notes for that as well. Now let's get back to my conversation with the delightful Alice Bag as she tells us a little bit about one of her favorite new bands, Fatty Cakes and the Puff Pastries out of Fresno, California. Producing is one of those things I think people get into a little sooner than you did. Like you kind of waited <laughs> to do that. Like, do you feel like you consciously did that? You're really giving to somebody else. You're giving to another band. You're kind of giving them like a coaching in a way and a support, like a cheerleader, right? And you're also... Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's the... Well, I I don't think I realized what a producer did, Mm -hmm. like how much work went into it, because a lot of the stuff that I have recorded with my own bands has usually been like, you know, just everybody in the band saying, turn up the bass, turn up the drums, and, you know, it's sort of (laughs) self-produced. It wasn't until... um, a band asked me to produce some of their songs. Uh, Fair from from um, what is it? My brain isn't working. They're from Texas. Texas, from San Antonio. Okay. Yeah, from San Antonio. So this band, Fair from San Antonio, uh, wrote to me and said, "We are recording an album, um, and we'd love for you to to produce some of the songs." And I was kind of shocked that they wanted me to produce them because I thought, I really, all I have is my own stuff. That's all I've ever produced. And um, they're like, no, no, we want you. So <laughs> I was asked to go out and look for a studio, any studio I wanted, and to tell them where, when. And, and so I, it was the process of going out and like finding the studio and talking to different engineers and seeing where I wanted to, to record them that really... Um, made me also want to record my own album because after I'd done the legwork for them, I thought like, oh yeah, this is a great studio. I love working here. I love this engineer. I'm going to do more stuff here. So, um, so Fea kind of got the ball rolling and made me feel like I could produce. Um, I feel like, personally, I feel like I was enriched by um, the experience I hope that I hope that they were happy with the recording. I thought they were great. I loved I loved the stuff I did with them. Um, but I also feel like it was an, a lasting gift for me because I went ahead and recorded my two albums and I recorded Fatty Cake in the same studio. So very so cool. It's been, uh, yeah. So that's, and that's the yeah. thing about volunteering that I want to say again. So since you're thinking of volunteering mm-hmm. uh, at Girls Rock Camp. Whatever volunteering you do, I want you to know that you are going to come away richer for the experience. Any time that you share of yourself, that you share your knowledge, that you share your time, you come away much richer. So um, it's about creating 
this bond of humanity where we feel like we we see each other and it's not just it's not just you giving you're going to be uh receiving also so be prepared for both oh i love that that is an absolutely amazing note to end on and i think that's so embodies what I'm doing with this podcast with sparkle and destroy. You know, it's like sparkle, share your light, share your gifts, really give them out into the world and destroy barriers at the same time. And that's kind of, yes, I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone's going to come out and see you on tour. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) I hope you, you my pleasure. I'm sure you'll have a kick-ass tour. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye. Sparkle and Destroy Pod is produced by myself, Haley Crusher-Kane, with help from Reed Kane. If you want to find out more about Sparkle and Destroy, go to isyourboyfriendintheband.com. That's my rock and roll diary. You can also find me at haleyandthecrushers.com. That's two Ys. On Instagram, we're at haleyandthecrushers. Um, Sparkle and Destroy Pod is also on Instagram. And if you want to reach the podcast, email sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. Haley and the Crushers is on tour now. We are playing in Morrow Bay, California on the 14th, and we'll be in Colorado July 19th through the 22nd. You can find out all those tour dates at our website. A special thanks uh, today to uh, Ernie from the band Slow Elk, who helped so much in getting me in touch with Alice, and a big thanks to Alice Bag for taking the time today to chat with us. I think you know what I'm going to say next. Sparkle and destroy! Destroy!